I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet. What does it mean to lay a strong foundation for your business? What's your end goal? And what are some of the most common social media and marketing tools that we should all be using, but we aren't? Natasha Obanian, owner of Walks with Renzo and Ruby and Start Scale Sale, joins us today to discuss all of these kind of things and so much more. Hi, Colin. I'm Natasha Obanian. I am the owner of Walk with Renzo and Ruby. We are based out of Washington, D.C., and we're currently in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and now Texas. Renzo and Ruby are my two babies, my pug and my Frenchie, and that's how we got started. (laughs) And so how long have you been uh, pet sitting? So this is our fifth year. We started off as dog walker, pet sitter, and sleepover host. And then the past two years, we scaled to midday dog walking only. Why did you make that? Why did you decide to make that change? Um, I think our actual end goal for us was more so traveling, enjoying our lives, really getting that work-life balance. And pet sitting was never like our true passion for our dogs either. You know, our dogs are small and they want that like one-on-one attention. So I guess you can kind of say we like the service what we like. <laughs> it's kind of no. like <laughs> we, serve, we structure our business around what we would offer for our dogs. And so we kind of did the same, although we did cats for a while. Our big one was our sleepovers, which we loved doing. Our clients loved it. That's really where we got to really get to know our clients, our families out of the 30 minutes. Um, but for some reason, doing a sleepover host with the new laws and, you know, the yeah. minimum wage stuff, it was just mm-hmm. like, you know what? We're not going to deal with it. We hire only employees. So we said, you know what, we are sales and marketing people naturally, my husband and I. So we're like, let's just hit the pavement doing dog walks. It'd be awesome to close the doors at four. It'd be awesome not to do any pet taxis on the weekend. And we had a baby. So we had like extra dog hair and her hair and in our bottles. And, you know, we were just having that kennel life in our house. So we're like, if we can scale this thing, why not just, you know, do 10 to four life? So we did mm-hmm. that. We just made the shift more so for family lifestyle, I think. Yeah. And you, you mentioned a little bit that you're both you and your husband have a background not in pet sitting. Correct. Sales and market sales sales and marketing. Yes. We are sales and market people. We come from the automotive industry. We worked in Highline sales for a long time. That's actually where we met. And we come from like the Infinity Mercedes Lexus background. That was my last store. I was a finance manager there. And that's kind of how I got into dog walking. I had a dog walker coming twice a day for Renzo and Ruby. And I worked 12, 13 hours a day. And, you know, I kind of understood how it worked and what he was doing and the whole gist of it. And I was always coaching him like, listen, if you really tighten this thing up, you could kill it. You know, it was always in his his ear. And he was like, no, Natasha, like I got my own thing. I like how I'm doing it. Like it's fine. But he didn't give me any pictures or reports uh-huh. it was just I would come home and just see a note on the counter and that was about it so I just felt like it would have really made me feel good if I saw like the day-to-day while I was at work it really would have helped me and you know especially for the amount we pay I was like I really want that client experience so I decided to offer it myself 
Yeah, and and how do you think that that's that's helped your dog sitting your your business coming from a background of of sales and marketing? Oh, it's helped tremendously. Um, we really didn't have a lot of the fears that I think a lot of pet care providers have. You know, we're obviously not introverted. We are in your face, bold. You know, take no for an answer type people. So rejection and networking and a lot to kind of that goes with building your business. And since we came from the finance side, we work with the banks a lot. So we knew like logistics, we knew HR, we knew, you know, how to not get the dealership sued because that was our primary <laughs> job. So yeah, we knew foundation. That's what we were really good at first. Um, and then just loving dogs was just like the bread and butter, you know, it was just like a topping. <laughs> so right. it definitely helped us. And what I like about that is, is, you know, you have all of the experience that it seems like every other dog sitter, dog walker, pet care professional wishes they had now that they are doing a business, yeah. you know, how to, how to properly run sales, how to properly market. Those are some of the the biggest questions that people have when they start looking around, or they they wake up one morning and go, "Oh, uh, I'm running a business now. I guess I need to do, to do some things." <laughs> yes, and that's exactly how it goes down, literally. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, you know, a lot a lot of people get in uh, just because they they love dogs and they don't have a lot of that other background, and then so all of a sudden you look around and you go, "Oh, this thing is actually." a thing mm-hmm. and now i need to 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 do something about that so uh, you know that's why i i love hearing how you're coming at it from a slightly different angle you know the passion for pets is still there but you're also bringing this this background and knowledge of, of sales and marketing into it and, and joining those together. Absolutely. And that's kind of what that I will say, like, for sure, I, I do notice now being in the industry for five years, being in a lot of Facebook groups, you know, networking with a lot of other industries that have done really well. I think that we, a lot of us that do have that leg up did already come from a business environment. So a lot of our business decisions, you know, a lot of the strategic moves that we would do or critical thinking, it's already there naturally. So it is definitely an advantage. And that's kind of what brought me into coaching is that I realized that I did have so many tools and so many others needed it. And I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and give back and start sharing more of what what I know naturally. And one of those things that comes up a lot in those in those Facebook groups and those online support groups is a lot to do with employees. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, you know, you mentioned you only hire employees and you have you're you're spread across a pretty wide geographic region. When did you know it was time for you to hire an employee and and how did that look for you? Oh, instantly. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I and again, I guess going back to my previous career, because I was an automotive and I worked so many hours leaving my career, I loved it, but I was in burnout at my first career. So I said, There's no way I'm gonna go into burnout in my second career. <laughs> so yeah. I already knew where I didn't want to go before I started. Um, so when I hit the ground going, I told everyone I knew what I was going to do. Of course, they were like, what? You're doing a dog walking business? Are you okay? <laughs> but once they got out of that and they knew, obviously, that I have strategy always, they're like, okay, if you love it, we like it, you know? Then I was I reached out to some of my friends that had been in like bartending and yoga instructors and, you know, some of those like side gig positions where they had extra hours in the day. So I actually reached out to them immediately and was like hey I'm starting this thing I need you to help me and they were like what and I was like yeah I'm gonna get a client and then I'm gonna call you okay and they're like okay I'll be there 
And I was like, yeah. so what do you have? Like a Monday, a Wednesday, what, give me your schedule. And they were like, all right, I can help you out between, you know, 10 and 12. One person could help me out mm-hmm. between, you know, six and seven. And so that's how I kind of rallied my core troops. And they mm-hmm. helped me lay the pavement for the first three months. And then I hired my wow. first actual employee outside of friends and family at month three. And they already had wow. a full shift available. And I think people miss that opportunity to not worry so much about what you don't have, but more so where you're going to go and fill in the holes and the pots, you know, now where you can. So then you as an owner can grow versus worrying about servicing. I, I love hearing that. You know, you looked around and you said, okay, what do I have on hand right now? I've got friends that I know and trust that would love this kind of thing. So I'm just going to reach out to them and see. Because, you know, you didn't have to get to know somebody brand new and then see how you manage them. You already had a relationship there. And then you took those next steps. I think too many times we get caught up in our head and go, well, I don't know where to go from this. Or, you know, it's everybody knows one or two people that would love to do this as a side gig or love to help out and grow from there. Absolutely. And if you can just get them to help you get started, you know, you can build up an entire territory and then you hire someone. So then when you right. go to hire and you, you know, present your ad online, you actually already have a territory now that, you know, you look back at the golden years of like, you crack up with your friends drinking a beer. Like, remember those days where you would run out and help me and we would do this. And those mm-hmm. years are so far behind you because you had a strategy to get them out. You know, they weren't going to be your end all be all. They were just beginning to give you a leg up. Now you, you came in with a, sounds like a pretty clearly defined business model and and path forward. What does your current business model look like now? Um, And and is it what you thought it would be when you first started five years ago? It is. I think I could have, I think I saw myself still doing boarding in some capacity because I just love it. Like, so my family wasn't like a dog friendly family. My mom was like, you can't have pets kind of thing. And my dad Mm. was the animal lover. So I always crave like having dogs everywhere. (laughs) So for me, boarding (laughs) was actually what filled my heart the most because I just watched TV on a Saturday night and have all my dogs next to me. And it was awesome. Mm -hmm. That part of it, but in the grand, grandiose, you know, scheme of things to be able to literally clock in at 10, have the business completely shut down at four o'clock and my staff has gone home. You know, my competition is outside industries. So I'm competing with the mall and I'm competing with, you know, some of the retail stores in my area. So it's nice to be able to go toe to toe with them. And that's kind of where I thought this through in the beginning. It was never the pet sitter or the dog walker that I was after. It was to offer job opportunities to my neighborhood, to my community. So I think Mm. in the grand scheme, this style now provides full time employment day to day, which makes me proud. You made a statement there that your competition is outside industry. Can you explain that difference for how you're you're set up versus how someone else may approach what they think their competition is? Yeah, so I think a lot of pet sitters are, you know, we sometimes pay attention to like the tech companies or, you know, your neighborhood dog walker and pet sitting company in your area, but there's more than enough dogs for all of us. Um, I think a lot of people have hiring difficulties, um, just as far as the strategy of what they want their business to look like and longstanding. So if I'm out searching for my ideal walker or searching for my ideal employee, I now have to compete between insurances, between hours, between wages, and you know, what would make them work for a dog walking company versus, you know, working for a retail strip store. So Mm. 
that's my competition to provide that loving care. Like you get everything here. And they're like, yes, I get everything. I get the dogs, I get the money, I get the hours. That's really what keeps our staff long-term. And I've had my people for as long as we've started as well, because I also cross-train them. And I think that's underutilized a lot is cross-training. What does that look like? We like to bring our team in for full potential. So these are the people that we vet, that we trust, we believe in. And so we like to offer growth within. So if someone tells me they want to open up a dog walking company or they want to have some capacity in our business or market for us or social media, like we love that. Mm. So I don't just look for someone who can love and walk dogs. I look in my interview process, I kind of say, what are your strengths? What are, what are the things that you feel you could bring to a long lasting business? And they tell us, and we're like, great, that's what we'll put you. So they like to answer phones. I have great admins that answer phones. We have social media, we have marketing, we have sales, we have people who do events for us, whichever they feel that that's their category, we want them to shine there. So I think people are like, I don't have enough work and I don't have this. Well, anything that Natasha is doing, my staff can do too. And I'll, I'll train them. I'm like, what do you want to learn? Yeah. I'll train you. What do you want? So you can totally train these people because, you know, they're part of your team. They're almost your family at some point. So for sure. I remember when I worked in automotive and if someone, if you ever felt like you were capped, you know, what your career, like I've hit the ceiling and I can't go any further, you know, that's a really discouraging feeling. So I do try to make sure my team know that like you can grow here and you can do different, you know, tasks. We'll train you, of course. Right. And that's, that's quite a different culture that you've, that you've developed there and you're continue to foster than, as you mentioned, than other places where nope, this is the only position you have. These are the only tasks that you have. And as you mentioned, like that keeps people around and because they know they're being invested in, they have resources that are being brought to them and provided for them each and every day. And, and I like that you mentioned that, you know, it's, 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 it's beyond just the pet care stuff. That's all everything else you mentioned, answering phones, the books, the the social media, all those things, exposing them to that if they have an interest. Exactly. You mentioned earlier that one of the primary reasons for your business model is for time with family. How is it mm-hmm. how has it been running your business and balancing with family life? It's unique. (laughs) (laughs) I so I started this company on my own and then my husband jumped on and he's like, okay, let's do it together. He's he's awesome. So we start doing it together and you know, I'm bullheaded and I have my way and my style and, you know, how I saw the baby growing. (laughs) And so because we were so intertwined as like marriage and business, you know, we kind of got to a point where we're like, all right, the business is doing well, let's do our own thing. So now awesomely this year, 2020, my husband has actually branched off from the business and he's doing his own, you know, he's into yoga. That's his passion. Mm. So now he's doing that. And then we have a toddler, which, you know, we had just started our business. Six months later, we got pregnant. No, six months later, we got married. And then nine months after that, we got pregnant. So we were like, man, we're on fire. (laughs) (laughs) We totally like balanced it all at the same time. Was it easy? Hell no. You know, it was definitely challenges. But once we saw the greater vision and you know, really what it could provide for us. We kind of just support each other and we're really blessed that, you know, we, you know, the pet care industry offers so much, you know, freedom, lifestyle, you know, you can work from anywhere if you want to, you can travel the world if you want to, you can work online if you want to. So 
I think as a whole, as a family, we do benefit by having that quality time that a lot of families may not get in America. And the pet care industry has offered that to us. And it's really cool that you you looked at that opportunity and you made it your own. You said, this is, mm-hmm. this is the balance that we want in our life. We can do that in this industry. And you went forth and conquered. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That was the goal. Yes. <laughs> and then everyone I talk to as well and I coach, they are like, okay, I have this problem. I have that problem. I said, I don't care about all your problems. I want to know what's your end game. What do you want mm. at the end? That is my very first question. Yeah. What do you want in your life? What do you want to do? That's where I need to get you. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what else is going on. Just tell me what you feel is your greatest joy in life. Yeah. And that's how we work. And that doesn't get asked enough, I don't think. And so that it, it's really cool here that you ask that because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, is a lot of times we look up and we go, oh, so I'm doing this business now. And oh, I must be doing this stuff. And we never take that time to start either planning ahead or, or dreaming a little bit further down the road as far as like an exit strategy or, or any of that. And so taking that, those few moments and just think about what does this look like in 5, 10, 15 years? Or, or what do I want this to look like? And what do I want to be doing? Absolutely. It's so important because I mean, just how I kind of do my coaching is like, that's your game plan. That's your strategy, right? You're, it's like when you're doing sports or anything else in life, you know, we need to play. Yeah. <laughs> that's our play. Yeah. What, you know? And so I think that's underutilized a lot in our business. You know, like, like you said, you jump in it just for the love of dogs, but you, you can look up. And as I think all of us know, you can look up in four months and was like, Jesus, I have a lot of clients. <laughs> like, yeah. This is not when you have so many clients, it's not the time to kind of fix the business. It's like, whoa, I kind of could have done that when I had just one client. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not impossible, but it's so much easier to have done that before, you know, you start getting busy. So what are some recommendations you'd give to somebody who says, I'm too busy, I can't plan, I don't even know where to start? Well, you are that that's what I would say. Okay. <laughs> yes, you, are, you are too busy. Yeah. So you can't afford not to think about your end game because you are too busy. Mm. So what th- one thing I usually do with my current clients right now, I'm like, you have to go into grit mode. If you need to wake up an hour ahead of your regular day to day, if you need to lose two extra hours of sleep that day, you have to sculpt out some time, even if it's a Sunday or what have you, if you have to say no to a family event, you just do it. You say, no, this is my planning hour. That if, if, and if that's all you have an hour, that's fine. This is the hour that I'm going to start navigating my goals, my dream, and so I can make them happen. Mm. And if you can't do it alone, which a lot of people do struggle, they get busy brain. They're like, ah, I got too much going on. I can't, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Then you do bring in your coaches to strategize with you and work out the strategy. And it is kind of a pay to play. You know, a lot of stuff that I've had to do, I've had to pay for because I was like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Hire somebody. Hire <laughs> 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 someone. I don't want to do that either. Right. So now you need time. Mm-hmm. Um, something I also talk about with time is a lot of these services. Now you can pay to get your groceries delivered to you. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> you can, yes. <laughs> yeah, you can pay to get your house cleaned. So sometimes you have to put a little bit out to sculpt some time to make a strategy. Because if you keep running at 100 miles per hour and you got the gas going, you're going to hit a wall. And that wall is painful. Yeah. And I think sitting down and going, okay, if I have an hour of planning, obviously there are a million things you could be doing. But how much is that hour worth to you? Is it worth it? Is it worth it to pay the $8 delivery fee for groceries to be brought to your house? Probably. Probably at that point, you know, or, or whatever that looks like. 
and and you can you can sit down and run those numbers and go okay this this hour of planning really isn't taking that much out of my bottom dollar at the end of the day exactly and you know what it's actually going to increase your bottom dollar because if you can have a strategy and a plan now you can scale mm-hmm. now you can expand because now you know where this is going i t- like my husband and i are like we figured it out right <laughs> when you finally get that we figured it out moment yep then you're like, well, I can just keep going to all 50 states if I want to, because now you know the recipe. Anything you're creating, anything you're baking, you just need the recipe. And when you have it, you can make multiple. Mm-hmm. So you deserve that. Right. Yeah. And, and, and knowing that it's going to pay its dividends in just peace of mind for you. You know, if you're running around scatterbrained all the, all the days, you know, that's a lot of stress on you. If you're like, I don't know where, I don't even know all the things I should be worrying about where those are. So. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I cannot say more. You just hit it on the nail right there, Colin. Mindset, Hmm. mindset. You have to get your mindset because all of us, we got to grow. We got to change. If we keep that same mindset, that is the number one deterrent from getting anything done. At the end of the day, if, if you are the one running the business and if you're not okay, and if your mind's not okay, and with the plan and, and everything in place, you know, a thriving business probably isn't, is, is, that's going to be hard fought, at least, at least more hard fought than if you had a plan to start with. Oh yeah, because we're the leaders. Yeah. And so even when I'm talking about my eight week course, it's like we have steps. First week is always your intro week where you're kind of going over your plan and where you want to go and where you see this. Your second week is your mindset. Are you there? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to deep dive? Have you rolled those sleeves up and do you know what this is going to look like? <laughs> and then skipping to the end is leadership and accountability. If you're going to hire people, if you're going to manage, it starts with you. You're the leader. Yeah. Tell me what you want from me. Tell me where you want me to go and your business will follow. What do you think clients are looking for in pet services in 2020? I think they're looking for what everyone's looking for in business. Obviously, professionalism, obviously, consistency, trust. You know, if you tell me you're going to do something, make sure you do it. If you want me to trust you, make sure you're showing me why I should trust you. Make sure, you know, you're following through with your commitments. But even more so now, clients really want community. Mm. They want to stand behind something. They want to know what your message is. They want to know, you know, what your company brings to the community. And that I think that that just theme of community now we're kind of going towards, you know, anything we can get now is online. We can put our hands and our fingertips on whatever we want but what makes your company a company that we want to stand by? And I think that's really a lot of the questions that most of us need to talk about because, you know, of course we are insured, bonded, and okay, all of us are insured. All of us are bonded. <laughs> all of us offer GPS. All of us give love notes. Okay. Mm. You know, that's not what makes you different. What makes you different is really that client experience how you treat your customers. And it doesn't mean bend over and get slapped in the head either, you know? Right. It means stand for what you stand for and also b- deliver your message accordingly. That's the, another question that comes up is, is how do I stay competitive in this market that just seems to be changing every single day? And you, you, you really nailed that home there of it's about the client experience and, and, and really honing in on that community, which... I think it's lost in the shuffle sometimes when we get focused on, okay, what app am I using? What does my website look like? What is, you know, what, what are all these other, you know, tools, but it's that, it's that, it's, it's those relationships and that experience that your clients are having with you. For sure. Because the great thing about dog walking or pet sitting clients is that they're loyal mm. and we all know this. 
You know, we don't have to give overextend ourselves to have a great loyal customer, but if they know that you're my people, right? Anytime you're looking for a partnership or, you know, a support, they're like, I know who my people are. I know who my go-to players are that I can trust and rely on. I know what I'm getting out of them. That's what makes people stay with you. And, and no matter what industry you're in. What I'm curious about is it's such a personal industry. So how, mm-hmm. do, how do you work with your employees? To, to either train them or help instill those values in them? So because we do offer the GPS and the love notes in our apps, we actually do have like day-to-day hands-on with our clients. We're open from nine to five like everyone else, but in our walking hours, our clients can literally go on our app and chit-chat with us. We can share pictures and mm. reminisce about funny things that their dogs did that day. So even though we have a pretty large company now, we're in multiple states, we still have that one-on-one. I still personally answer phone calls when I'm not traveling. And I do have a planning day that I call all my customers and say, hey, how's things going? I want to follow up. I want to get your input. The reason why we're great is because of your feedback. Help us be great. Help us to continue greatness. So our clients will tell us what we should or shouldn't be doing. And then they also feel like I'm extending that reach to them that they feel comfortable to talk about things. Mm. So that's kind of what keeps it personal. Obviously, if you want to, you know, give clients gifts and think about birthdays and all those other personal touches and speak their love language. But for the most part, it's just letting us know that you're there and you care. Um, and, and I trust that I'll be able to talk to you when I need you. Have you heard about Time to Pet? Chris Ann from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say. Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time, cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. And not a small thing, Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of Pet Sitter Confessional get 50% off their first three months when they sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. Could you talk a little bit about how to receive feedback well? Because you said, you know, that's one way to help them feel included and help them feel part of the community. Just speaking from my personal experience, it takes me a little while to be open enough to receive any feedback, positive or negative. And that, that can be kind of a hard process sometimes. So how, how, do, yeah. you, how do you process feedback or you know, positive or negative and, and make sure that that's a healthy process? Well, I remember that my clients pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just the most human answer, right? Yeah. If they have feedback, again, I open up that relationship like the first week. So after they've worked with us or have their couple dog walks or communication, I'll give them a call or a text and say, hey, we're here for you. How's your first week on? Just know if you need anything, if you have any feedback, please share. So they immediately are like, thank you. We love this. Like if we change our notes or if we have a, a, a recap, you know, we'll let you know. So that just it just opens up the culture like from day one, because I think a lot of clients also they don't like to kind of say bad things. They're like, Oh God, she's still taking care of my house. I don't really want to say something bad because Mm -hmm. I don't want to fire her, but Mm -hmm. I just want them to know what's going on. You know, you want to open that healthy relationship because what's dangerous is the client who doesn't speak, you know, the one that's not saying how they really feel. That is the most dangerous place to be in. 
So one practice that my husband tells me from yoga is we don't internalize. When a client gives us feedback, we say, thank you for your feedback. I really appreciate it. Let me take this in. I'm going to look at how I can work this into our day to day. Mm. And that is my answer to everything. (laughs) Thank you for your feedback. I'm going to take this in and work with the team on how I can work this in our day to day. We look at what we're doing. We look at what we can change. Or if, if it doesn't fit our business model, then we just let them know, oh, well, you know, we really appreciate your feedback, unfortunately, because we service XYZ or whichever have you, you know, that wouldn't fit in our business model right now. But it doesn't mean that we can't work something in in some kind of way. Um, but you want to remember that you want your reach to be greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting feedback from someone, you have to take it as a growing opportunity. You have to take it as a way to enhance your business. And same thing with our staff. <laughs> Whatever they're telling me is like a cakewalk. I'm like, okay, great. You just told me what you want. All right, I can do that. Bye. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not like, what do you need from me? What do you want from me? Whatever they say is like, great. Well, that was easy. Mm-hmm. Just told me how to take care of you. Perfect. Yeah. Done. <laughs> so, you know, that communication really helps the owner because if you ask someone their thoughts and they tell you, the battle's over. Mm-hmm. You don't have to guess or play guessing games and all that. They've already told you. So just take it, take it for what it is and put it in. Yeah. And knowing and, and having that trust that they are, that when, when you ask them that they're going to respond with 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 pure intentions to to help help you better yourself you asked you asked for feedback they're going to give you that and i love what you said i'm going to take this and process it and see how it fits into the business letting them know okay i'm going to actually think about this and Mm -hmm. you know and and you and and what's great about that is you don't have to give a response immediately and they know that and and then that follow-up you know if they ask you later of okay you know we we looked at the model and it didn't work but you know, just knowing that it's okay to, to sit with it for a little while and, and talk talk about it. And that goes for everything. You know, anytime there, even if there's an issue that arises or anything that happens, don't ever feel that you need to give an immediate response, even with life and our partners, you know, something happens that I may not like, or I'm like, "Eh, that didn't make me feel good. You don't have to internalize it. You don't have to answer it right this second. Go take a moment, investigate, process, and then come back to the table. Nine times out of 10, the response is going to be so much more professional, so much more elegant, and everyone's going to win when you kind of take a little bit of the emotion out of it. Because, you know, us pet sitters, we're emotional. We're like, what the heck? I've been servicing you forever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we always feel emotional, but it's not about us. It's about them telling us something that can make us better. Mm-hmm. And that one person's feedback could then bring us 10 more customers with that same thought process, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's a growing process for, for yourself as well of, mm-hmm. okay, uh, you know, I might not like that feedback. Why don't I like it? And, and actually thinking through all of those feelings and sitting with it before you respond it's going to be much healthier and you'll be able to receive that same feedback or slightly different feedback much better the next time and the next time and the next time, because there will be a next time. So (laughs) that's the great thing about this industry. It's like, once you kind of have a grand idea of how everything works and what you got, you know, every customer for the most part kind of wants it the same or has the same feedback. And of course, every now and then you get a wrench that comes in, you're like, Whoa, that's like a, cleaning service not even a dog walking service <laughs> and, then you'll like, yep. and then you'll address it for what it is but you know you have your service agreement for for your layout mm. but for the most part i know i love feedback yeah. it, again it's like 
it's like having that divorce before the divorce. Like if someone were to tell you the things that were happening before they just dropped you with the divorce, it's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. we could have talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> we could have been working on that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's just fair. It's, it's a fair relationship. It's a fair partnership that the communication goes both ways. Given your background in sales and marketing, as, as you survey the landscape in 2020, what are some underutilized maybe marketing strategies or digital tools that most people in this industry aren't using and they should be? Oh, social media. <laughs> social media is our best friend. And I can, I can say this honestly, because I had my company for probably two years before I even really utilized social media. It was just like, oh, post some cute pictures and then that's it. That's social media. Mm. But social media is a full connection platform. I was lucky enough to go to Social Media Marketing World last year and I had an amazing time. I went to amazing sessions and that's another thing about being a pet sitter dog walker is you have to continue your education, You know, keep reaching out, figuring out different ways where we can advance ourselves. So that conference was my way. Um, because that was my weakness. I was like, I hate social media. It's so impersonal. You know, I need to talk to someone and feel them. That was me, right? Yeah. I'm a hugger yeah. and a feeler. But I used to also do pavement to pavement back old school style. So that was a slap to Natasha. Mm. You don't have to go out doing flyers anymore. That's old school. You don't have to print flyers and paper. That's old school. Get <laughs> your butt on social media, work the hashtags, work the geolocations. Find the dog parks, find your customers, like, engage, follow, chit chat, build the relationships from my couch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is such an underutilized platform. And even our relationship, you and I, I met you on Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram. Right. Like we would have never crossed paths, right? Right. Such a beautiful network. And with when you're using it properly, Oh my God, you know, I, and I'm getting sales now from social media and I never would have thought that. Mm. But again, training, educating, continued education. Now I'm getting sales from online. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Now you, you, you mentioned that, you know, when you, in your early days of your company, you were posting a few pictures and that was it. And a lot of people think, uh -huh. oh, well, that means you're using social media, but, but you, you kind of mentioned that there's a shift there into what actual actually using is so what is what is that different yeah posting pictures it's not using social media i was guilty i did the same thing i was like yeah we post a picture every day we're winning yeah no <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to see pictures of someone else's dog it doesn't mean anything to them but when you do invite them of like some of your services or your rates or what people are saying about you or what you're doing in the community or people you're partnering with or birthdays or holidays or education, that's when you're really reaching back to your consumer. Um, something I do in my coaching is that I have people go through their email and I'm like, look at, find all the questions that you've ever been asked in your email mm. and then start creating content around questions. So if someone says, how much are your rates? Well, now I just posted a story on my rate. That's up there. Someone says, um, how many dog walkers do you have? Well, I just posted stories on dog walkers. So now that's up there. You know, so I'm showing the culture and the lay of the land through my social media. But more importantly, you can reach the customer. I can literally just click on the dog park that my clients are going to anyway. And I can find a picture of the dog that they posted, they tagged and start talking to that dog that's in my service area. How amazing. <laughs> 
How amazing yeah. from my couch in my sweatpants. <laughs> I used to eat breakfast and be like, okay, Natasha, today is going to be a marketing day. Yeah. You're going to get your backpack and your notebook and your breakfast and your lunch. And you're going to go out in the streets and talk to people and get clients. Like that was my thing. And now I'm like, oh no, we're going to do this from our, our couch. <laughs> <laughs> so, underutilized but I, I get so excited about it because it's amazing because I remember those days you know building this industry by going out pound for pound day for day and I know so many of us can relate to that mm-hmm. but that's old school now y'all that's old school we don't do that anymore not 2020 <laughs> <laughs> well and it does it it actually gives you time back like it's it's a much it's much more efficient way to do some marketing because once you put that that post and that that hashtag and that geolocation out there, like that's there. That's going to be discovered and brought up as more people interact with it versus the the flyers, which are just kind of static and don't, you know, and, and you have to keep going back and tending to them. So it, it, yeah. it, it really helps just propel that and kind of accelerate that process a, a little bit more for, for your area. Oh, yeah. And think about money and marketing material and those expenses. Okay, well, now I'm just giving my staff a raise because I just save from printing and pressing and all the dead trees. And, you know, and now when I go out and see people, I have an appointment with them. They know that I'm coming. So that relationship is more is better perceived because they're expecting me. Mm. And that's something that I set up on Instagram. There's power in the DM. So <laughs> make an appointment and go talk to the head players that you need to talk to. Yeah, because you have you, you have direct contact with them one on one. From your couch in your sweatpants, exactly. right? <laughs> As you you talk with other business owners, what are some common concerns that you hear kind of frequently brought up, and and how how do you recommend that those they overcome those? Usually, the common concerns, of course, is hiring. Um, a lot of us, you know, get that natural connection to our business and our clients, and for some reason, you know, we think we own them. We're like, this is my client. <laughs> so you know, a lot of us don't are not as open to hiring. And knowing that hiring means freedom, hiring is amazing. Mm -hmm. So in order to achieve some of the life goals, you know, you have to have that trust to hire someone and step away and also managing your client and letting them understand that you've you've hired a service, you've hired a business that you trust and you've personally vetted. So now allow me to do all the work for you Um, and trust the team that I'm going to bring into your house. You know, it's, it's having that full relationship with your clients to know that I'm not like your end all be all, you know, we have a full company that's outlined for you that I'm going to bring someone else in. So it's kind of prepping the customer for hiring and then prepping yourself for hiring. Cause I can give people the amazing ad. I can give people the amazing knockout questions and everything to do, but then they get there and they're like, ah, oh, but it's not me. They're not doing it how I would do it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we got to train that. Yeah. Okay. So now let's get our scripts together. Let's get our process procedure together. Let's do a full brain dump because mm. anything that you're doing or saying can be trained and duplicated. Mm. And so a lot of us get into this saying the same thing over and over or thinking that common sense is common, which it's not thinking that everyone has critical thinking and they don't because critical thinking and common sense come from past experience. Mm. And people in the dog industry always, they have a lot of past experience from animals, but not always the business. So it's our job to teach, train, and coordinate. So one thing that we do in our exercises, we find the holes. We're like, look through your business, find all the holes, you know, turn your phone off, turn it back on, 
if someone's texting you or emailing you, that's a process now. That's a script now, mm. you know? Mm. Only answer questions once, make it a company policy, make it a process, train it, and then, and then <laughs> tell people where to go to find it, you know? Yeah. Don't answer that question again. Be like, oh, did you read your key in lockbox process? Oh, did you read your weather protocol? You know, always show them where to go because that gives empowerment. I mean, you really touched on something there of, of fear of, of giving up responsibility and giving over clients because you do take ownership of them and you do start having that. No one can take them as take care of them as well as I can. And, and all, mm-hmm. everything that I do is a special, unique little butterfly of a service. And, <laughs> and, and as you mentioned, like tra- train that in, write it down, mm-hmm. build processes so you can hand that off to somebody else. And, oh, and, yeah. and, and that, that step, I feel like that, that's scary. That can be really scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the best thing that you can do. I like a lot of people who work with me. I always tell them the story that I was the worst player of my business because when I would go into someone's home, I'd write them like two paragraphs of a love note. I would give them uh, like edited butterfly heart pictures with a collage in their name. Like I was just doing like dubbing this whole thing out every house, every time. <laughs> right like we go above and beyond yeah my clients were getting this like amazing like who the heck is sitting there writing two paragraphs i don't even know how i had the time right but voice to talk is amazing yes yes (laughs) use my voice to talk but that's not scalable natasha that's not scalable so we wrote a process where every client gets four pictures every client gets three to four sentences like that is the process. Yeah. So now when a customer gets Colin or Megan or Natasha, they're all getting three to four sentences. They're all getting three to four pictures. So now they're like, oh, I don't care who you send. It's all the same. But when you start to allow clients to feel the shift of Colin versus Natasha and like Colin's like, oh, great. Walk. It was awesome. And Natasha's like, oh my God. And today we rolled the carpet out and <laughs> They're like, well, I need Natasha back. I mean, I'm just Colin's cool. He's lovely, but uh, I want the carpet now. And the carpet is just not realistic at, at the extent that I was doing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and remembering, as you know, said, is this scalable? If you did, if, yes. if you had to do this action 10 more times, 100 more I times, 1,000 more times, <laughs> could you do it? And yeah, go, pulling back and going, oh, okay, maybe the the bespoke you know sweater that i knit for each person is probably <laughs> i probably can't keep that going for the for you know for a while it's not scalable and that's like again when you know you want to scale or you know you want to take a vacation or play golf or go to a friend's wedding or do real estate or take on a hobby that you always dreamed of when you know these things before you get started you do not make some of these mistakes that we make when we're just winging it Cause you're like, well, am I going to be able to play golf if I'm like, my sitters aren't writing 10 paragraphs? Oh no. The client will be calling me and complaining because that's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. So something just so small as that, but paying attention that makes sure everyone can do this or make sure you're requiring everyone to use, you know, picture apps and all that, you know, it has to be, you know, robotic at, at, at some point. Mm-hmm. We all do it the same. Now, speaking of of scaling, I, I'd I'd love for you to talk about start scale sale and and mm-hmm. and, and how it got started and, and kind of who's it for. Yeah, so I started start scale sale when I went to travel. So 2019 was my traveling year, and I had taken my business as far as I felt comfortable. I was like, I think we've done it all. I think we've you know 
done everything we need to do. We put everything in process. We got our manuals. I think we've done it. But you know what? Let's go online. Let's find some groups. Let's find books. Let's see if we missed anything. Well, it turns out that we didn't miss anything. It actually turned out that there was a lot of heartache and it crushed me because I was in such a happy place. Like, oh my God, I'm going to travel the world with my family. I can't wait. I just want to like see what everyone else is doing. And I realized that everyone wasn't in the same place as I was. And I was like, where's all the travelers? (laughs) (laughs) It's just because I love this industry so much. And I'm like, where are people who are like going to coffee in midday? Because I go to coffee in midday. You know, where's the people who are taking naps and traveling? And I just wasn't finding those people. Mm. And I was like, well, you know what? I am going to fix this. I am going to give back. I'm going to teach people what I know. I'm going to help them. I'm going to bring everybody from the sidebars that need help and who want the help and who want to maybe go in my place. Because, you know, all of us are not the same. Some people really like doing all the walks themselves. Some people really like, you know, doing sleepovers and, you know, everyone has their own niche. Mm -hmm. But people who would like to scale and travel and enjoy the fruits of their labor where I come from, that's where I wanted to really excel and help people and kind of pull back that way. So that's our coaching business. It's an online course, eight weeks, and we take them from the beginning to the end. And at the end of the course, you should be able to walk away from your business and work from anywhere. And that's our goal. Really exciting and really cool. And and, and, and again, you know, in addition to the kind of services that you now offer of what do, what would I want someone, how would I want someone to treat my dog and, and what provide for them? You, you looked and you said, what kind of service would I want to have the same lifestyle that I have now? And, and how can I help mm-hmm. people get there? So like this common theme of, of it's very personal for you because yeah. you, you looked at what would I want out of this? Now, how can I make that happen? And how can I help other people make that happen for them? Oh, yeah. Our branding is crazy dog mom servicing other crazy dog moms and dads. <laughs> 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 so they know that Renzo and Ruby are my dogs and I'm going to do everything I need to do. I'm going to give them the best. And that, and I feel the same for my customers. And when they give us that feedback and they're like, you know, what, Natasha, I really feel like you guys get it in your team will do above and beyond for for us within reason. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate that. And then they refer and they share the name and you can use them as brand ambassadors as well. Like I love getting my clients involved because they're part of the community. Mm -hmm. Um, I think now it's like, I just want to do what the pet, just the pets, give me the dog. And I got that section, but it's the clients that you need to nurture. They are like the root, the heart, you know, with the GPS and pictures, it's like, why would I keep this service instead of canceling it? Can my dog last in the house seven hours? Yeah, they'll be okay. They might be uncomfortable, but they can survive, right? But when you're bringing them into this client experience of look at how happy they are, look at their friends, look at the social lifestyle they have. Look at you when you're at work and you're in a crazy meeting and you get this amazing picture of your dog. Look what that does to your soul. Mm -hmm. That's value. That's internal emotional value. And that's what I feel because I was that mom. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> so I know how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, that word nurture, nurturing your clients, you know, because as of yet, after almost nine years of pet sitting, I have yet to be paid or, or tipped by the dog after the walk. It's typically, it's, <laughs> it's been the client each and every time. Exactly. And so you do have to also invest in, in them as well. 
Oh, yeah. And I mean, even when this relationship, you know, God forbid, goes sour, you know, the worst thing when you lose a human client is the dog is sitting in the window like, well, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. I swear my friends. And you're like, well, me and the human didn't communicate properly. And now I can't see you anymore. It's like, look what you're doing to that dog or that cat or the bird or, you know, the chickens that is like, wait, what? I want to see Colin. What happened? <laughs> But now that human to human relationship was a breakdown and the dog's just sitting in the wings of like, well, I want to see my people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I think about. You're in the business of of inspiring others and inspiring clients and, and the people who work for you. I wonder who you look to for inspiration. I actually look towards other business owners. Um, I think we out of everyone knows like the grit, the sacrifice, you know, the the hard calls and the decisions that we go through. So I do try to find different people online and see what they're going through. I love people who tell stories. I love stories. <laughs> you know, everybody always says like the beauty, the beauty of what's going on. But if someone can actually keep it real with you and, and let me know, like, what does this look like? Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, if someone were to be out there and actually were to say, hey, this is what this real life looks like then that would give a lot of new pet sitters a lot more insight to know what they're actually signing up for. Um, So I think I kind of look, again, I look towards other entrepreneurs and in all kinds of industries and I try to do meetups with them and pick their brains and they pick mine because just getting that, you know, versatility is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being able to connect with somebody on those, as you mentioned, past shared experiences is, Mm -hmm. is so powerful and to get a little bit more insight into what is the, what does your world look like? Oh, that actually looks a lot like mine. Okay. There's a lot we can talk about now. Exactly. And it's power. I mean, this business can be very lonely. You know, I, I think I saw that on a post a couple of days ago. They're like, how do you guys find friends? How do you find, you know, people to connect with? Because we can't talk to dogs. Well, we can. I do. If you're looking at me, I'm talking to them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like we do have to kind of come out of our shell more and give back to each other and support each other because there's just so much that we can offer each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really want to nurture that more as like partnerships. I mean, if, if I had a dog word that came to me and was like, Natasha, do you want to open like Vegas together? I'm like, yes, let's open Vegas together. <laughs> right. Because we would get so much further together. Uh-huh. We are better together. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are we at the concierge desk? I'm waiting for keys. You're waiting for keys. Like, why don't we just partner up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just do this. So I want to get us more like them camaraderie within our industry that we can lean on each other. Um, I just had one of my friends, they just delivered their baby and they were like, Hey, I'm going to go on delivery. Can you help me out? If, if something happens, I said, I got you go have that baby. Mm-hmm. We will be there to walk your clients dogs and they will be right there waiting on you when you get out, when you come out of delivery. Yeah. Like that's how it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really does. And in understanding that going it alone makes it a lot harder. And when you have those uh-huh. relationships with other pet sitters and other pet care professionals in your area or or across the interwebs, you know, that yeah. having having that that cheer squad and having that support group around you just makes those it makes those highs so much higher and it makes the lows a lot easier to work through whenever, you know, things don't go so well. When you have people to come exactly. come around you and go, yeah. That happened to me too. And this is, you know, this is how I got through it or just somebody to listen to you when you need to talk through some, some hard stuff you're going through. Oh yeah. Mental health is such a big deal. And any entrepreneur and any business owner, like, especially with animals, you know, we put so much of our heartstrings to each family 
And it is hard to separate, you know, business from dog or cat or chicken because it's our babies now. Welcome to our team. You're part of our family. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to have, you know, other people who get it and I say, listen, you know, this customer can't afford you anymore or they moved or whatever reason why you're no longer with them. But it's just nice to be like, I remember that. You know, all right, guys, I got it. We're cool. You know, just it's nice to just to keep it real with people that know. Being able to share those again with people who have gone through it before or may have something that they can add to it. Just if you don't, if you don't reach out or don't have that there, it, it, it's harder to process. Oh, yeah. And then it's hard to grow your business because we have to keep that mental health like fully, <laughs> fully actioning. Yeah. On what's going on. <laughs> it pulls a lot out of us. So yeah. any resource or super medicine we can take, we need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, thank you so much for coming on today. I've really enjoyed this. And, and just, I, I, again, I feel so inspired and, and love hearing how your approach to this and in, in making sure things are scalable and building that community and really nurturing and investing in your clients. And, and, and I know other people are going to have a lot of other questions that they'd like to follow up with you on. So how can people reach out to you with more questions or, or look if they're interested in start scale sale uh, and, and, and talk to you there? Absolutely. Tom. Well, thank you for having me on. I was super excited to see you and your podcast and what you guys are doing because there's not enough people out here that are laying these platforms. You know, we're out walking dogs. It's great to hear your guys' voice, hear people are on your show. So this is a great platform and thank you for having me on it. Um, if anybody wants to chat more with me, they can find me at my website, startscalesale.com or anything social media, Natasha Obanion. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Natasha. My pleasure. Thank you. One of my biggest takeaways from my conversation with Natasha was about the fact of understanding what your recipe is. All of our businesses should and, and do look completely different in their operation, in their goals, and our objectives as we move forward. So what recipe do you have in place already that is working for you? Then how can you take that to the next step? to continue pushing forward, to grow and scale your business, to make it work even better. It's not about throwing everything away. That may have to happen in some cases, but most of the time, there's something there about the business, about the structure that's just working. Finding out what that is, what the customers love, what you love, and then building and making that better and better is what it's all about when we think about how to grow and expand our businesses. Join the rest of the conversation this week by joining our Facebook page, Pet Sitter Confessional, and join our group as well, Sitter Confessional. You can also check out our website, PetSitterConfessional.com, to find links, full transcripts of this, and every episode that we have so far. Also, give us a call. Let us know what's been working for you and how you are doing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Our phone number is 636 364-8260. We once again want to thank our sponsor, Time to Pet, for making this show possible. We hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon.